This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. Here again is Dan Loney. Welcome back to hour number two of Knowledge at Wharton, coming to you from the Reimagine Education Conference here in Philadelphia. Dan Loney, as we are talking with a variety of people from all around the world, looking at the world of education and how, as the title says, it is being reimagined uh, by a variety of different people in a variety of different areas. Coming up here in the second hour of the show, we'll continue to introduce you to a, a wide range of people involved in all aspects of education from around the globe. Well, as we have tried to show during our show today, the concerns surrounding education are not just an issue here in the United States, but they are truly global. And what is considered to be strong policy here in the U.S. may not be the case in other parts of the world. Tazine Sharif is a manager of the Office of International Academic Affairs for Ajman University in the United Arab Emirates, and she is uh, here at the conference. Nice meeting you. Hey there. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, we were talking before we started here, the, the, the state of the education system uh, in the United Arab Emirates, we'll get into the, the actual physical part of it, but in terms of the history of it, it's a very young area as well, really started as a whole back in the 1950s, correct? That's so true. In fact, Ajman University is the first private university in the region that is in the Middle East and the GCC region, and we take pride in that. Uh, we've been having eight colleges running for the past 30 years very successfully, and we have a very good blend of male and female students on campus. What's the difference between, uh, and what was it that really drove the start of having the private schools be a part of the education piece in the UAE? Because as you, you were telling me before, for the most part, they were government-run education institutions prior to that. That's so true. Uh, most of the educational institutions were run by the government, but then the initiative was taken so that we could have international partnerships. We could actually have links with the global universities around the world. The local universities were more focused towards their own community, which was within the Emirates itself. But the private universities stretched out to forming partnerships with the international institutions as well. So this in initiative was taken by one of the royal families. Uh, members in the in the country and it grew up to a large size like we have today over 8000 students on campus so there there is a definite need and and obviously the expectation that you have to be able to be able to go uh, beyond the borders of the UAE to be able to provide and also get back the, the necessary pieces to the education sector that you want to have there in the UAE. Oh, definitely. I feel that the world is getting seamless these days. We, we need to cross the borders and uh, we need to learn from each other, interactive learning and all kind of the topics that were being discussed in the Reimagine Education Conference as well about hybrid learning, about uh, gender bridging the gender gaps. Uh, about uh, creating awareness about the STEM education. All these factors would not have actually seeped into the Middle East region if we wouldn't have gone global. What is the status of, of the opportunities for women for education in in that part of the world? Oh, it's brilliant, actually. Over the past 30 years, uh, we, we take pride again in saying that 55% of our workforce in the Emirates uh, are women. 
and about uh, 48% of the population on campus are women students again. So uh, it's pretty good, actually. And uh, moreover, I belong to the engineering fraternity. By principle, I'm an engineer. And uh, um, uh, we have about 55% of our female students uh, in the engineering college. So that's a dominant percentage as compared to the male, which is, again, a very unusual thing that happens around the world. So how is the how is the ability for the graduates of your school, the female graduates of their school, to be able to go on and find excellent opportunities to be engineers in the professional world once they graduate from the university? Oh, they have a lot of opportunities, not only within the region, but also we have a good example of students who have been uh, flying abroad for their higher education, for their internships, and eventually finding jobs. We have our graduates being employed at Apple, at Boeing, at uh, Microsoft, even as student partners, they start working with that. So we do have a very good uh, visibility overall in the, in the global aspect, and our, our graduates are finding really good placements all around the world. What is the expectation, though, uh, of your school? You said 8,000 students or so mm-hmm. on campus. Is, is, that, is that a process of building up over the last few years, and is the expectation that it will continue to build up as private institutions continue to grow in the UAE? That's, tr- that's right. That's our expectation because we are already working on establishing the med- medical school at the university. Currently, we have eight colleges. We do have a college of dentistry, but we do not have a college of medicine, which will be uh, active by 2018, fall semester. So we are expecting another at least 1,500 students to join in from the next year onwards. What, what was it that, that really was the, the driving force to, to want to have private institutions in the United Arab Emirates in the first place? Uh, it was more of a commercial reason to have your own business into education, but then it grew up to being a, a totally non-profitable organization where we are catering to the needs of the community. We feel a heavy responsibility in terms of the social aspects also, and we are heavily engaged in working for the special needs, for the challenged individuals, for various sectors of the society which are underprivileged. And then it it transformed into an, more of an educational objective rather than just a business. What about the relationships with the with the private sector over in, in your country? And uh, we, we see more and more a need to have uh, businesses from the private sector uh, play some sort of role in education to be able to support the universities, to support the students. Is that the case in, in your country as well? Uh, not really. We do not have private sectors sponsoring students or supporting the educational uh, organizations. We do have self-investors. Uh, currently, we are ha- almost a semi-governmental university where the ruler also is investing into the educational business. So um, uh, basically, we do not have private sectors supporting the education in, in the Emirates. What about the, the growth of entrepreneurship in education? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see it here in, in the United States a great deal. And, and we see more and more people understanding that they can affect change within education mm-hmm. from being able to create new initiatives, create new ideas to be able to bring forward. Is that something that's growing in, in the UAE as well? Oh, yes, definitely. We have a lot of startups. We are having, in fact, at the university itself, we have an innovation center where we run idea competitions and we invite all the students to participate in that. And the best ideas are then further incubated and matured into 
uh, commercial products and then uh, supported with the startups. So startups are being heavily supported by the government, by private institutions, by the private sectors, everyone. In fact, they even have a dedicated technology park. It's called the Dubai Technology Park, which is only established for the startups, and they give them a three-year period to establish their work into projects, into commercial products, and so on, and then finally get into the mainstream market. Tazine Sharif is a manager of the Office of International Academic Affairs at Ajman University in the United Arab Emirates. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. Dan Loney with you as we are at the Reimagine Education Conference here in Philadelphia. I'd also be interested to, to get your opinion on, on how digital is impacting education in your country, but also the potential that uh, that artificial intelligence is bringing to, to so many different elements. Mm-hmm. That's so true. In fact, the whole educational system in the UAE is undergoing a transformation because the ruler of Dubai believes that there's, there's something called smart education which has to be incorporated in every single school or educational institution. That is not just limited to the advancement of technology and incorporating classrooms with uh, the latest technological uh, equipments available, but also training the teachers to teach the, the students in a more interactive fashion and incorporate technologies like virtual reality and artificial intelligence. Uh, we at Ajman University are working on that as well. In fact, we have developed something for as part of the social responsibility of ourselves towards the community. Uh, we have developed a game which will train the school students and the teachers to react and act in, in cases of emergencies like earthquakes, fire, yeah, yeah fire uh, incidents, uh, crashes, probably a sudden heart attack or something like that. So these kind of virtual reality games or environments are developed by the engineering students and then put down into a practical form. They take them down to the schools, they train the teachers, they train the students on how to use it, and then put it as part of their curriculum. You're uh, listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. Tazine Sharif is manager of the Office of International Academic Affairs at, at Ajman University in the UAE. Uh, we have talked in, in this conference about the expected changes through uh, that we uh, hopefully will see in education in the in the years to come. Are there already plans in place to really be adaptive to education? I mean, as you said before, being relatively new, being an institution that's about 30 years old, there is the there is the build-up process of the university as well. But because of the fact that, that digital changes so much of our lives on a daily basis, it, it seems like it would have to be an even quicker change, a quicker ad- adaption for an institution like yours. Oh, definitely it is. In fact, when I foresee uh, education, I feel that probably there would be no teachers in classrooms five years from now. Really? No (laughs) no physical teachers? That's what I think, because I am a lecturer at the College of Engineering as well, and I feel that Google is way more smarter when when students want to find out an answer. If they ask ask that question to a teacher, probably they might have to look it up or they might have the knowledge which is a little bit confined. Yeah. But if they ask Google about it or ebooks about it, they will be directed to the exact phrase, the exact line, the exact page number, and there's no limit to the, the knowledge that Google holds. So why come to the classroom and attend a lecture delivered by a teacher rather than study using self-reading books or ebooks or 
with a with a virtual tutor. So you expect online education to grow even more in the years to come. I do definitely agree to that. I, I feel that that would be the future where the students wouldn't really want to come to physical cra- classrooms, rather have comfort at their homes or probably wor- work on the sidelines and have their education going on alongside because they're losing interest in getting into the classrooms and hearing the teachers. We have to transform the way we deliver lectures rather than just going into the advancement in technology. Well, what does that mean for you? You wouldn't have the the (laughs) smiling faces you get to see as a lecturer in the engineering school, right? Oh, come on. Uh, I think uh, an engineering school would never undergo such a transformation totally because it requires the physical lab experience and interaction when it comes to projects. Nice meeting you. Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure meeting you too. Have a great day. Thank you. Tazin Sharif uh, from uh, Ajman University in the United Arab Emirates. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 